Welcome to the show. Today, we round off our two-part discussion with Karan McLeish of Troy Island and talk about Caribbean smartphone economics, the future of Caribbean mobile, Karan's content factory, the Shutterbug smartphone photography movement, and of course, some actionable advice for creators. Now, we know you're going to enjoy this, but before we start, we want you to pause this audio, log on to caribbeanpowerlunch.com slash subscribe and select your favorite media player. So without further ado, let's go. What I realize is that Caribbean people, we, we like to follow U.S. markets a lot. Yeah. So we're going to chase the popular phones in the U.S. So we're going to chase the iPhone 10. We're going to chase the, the Samsung S9. Yeah. But like you rightfully said earlier, in the U.S., people are getting these prices on contract prices, yeah. right? So they get it for maybe even free or yeah. $99, whatever it is, and they just get a regular monthly contract and then they're gone. Yeah. Here, you, people are paying something like <laughs> you laugh. So people are paying something like ten thousand TT only. <laughs> Just a couple of days ago, my friend was in a WhatsApp group and he was saying somebody has a used iPhone ten. You know, well when they say used, maybe a, yeah. a month, two months of using it. Nine thousand TT. Yeah. That is almost fifteen hundred USD. Madness. And it's probably sold already. Madness. It's probably sold already. That's what we're working with. Yeah. Right. But when you look at it. The economic setup is different. Our salaries in the Caribbean are lower than that in the US. Yeah. So we're literally paying more in terms of a cost of living standpoint yeah. and everything. Like why are we spending such a large yeah. portion of our income, of our savings yeah. on mobile phones that are going to be, quote unquote, obsolete in a year, year and a half. This is why um, I had a blog uh, last year and I actually repurposed it and I put it back up yesterday because it's still relevant. And the blog was about why the Caribbean market is closer to the Asian market than this the US market. And that's because a lot of the companies that are doing big things right now, like uh Xiaomi, so Huawei, Chinese. You know what? Let me let me give the rundown. A lot of people don't know. Samsung is not an American brand. Japanese. No, it's not even Japanese. Is that Japanese? No. They are from South Korea. Yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> so samsung is korean right apple is designed in america made in china huawei is chinese xiaomi is chinese hmm. zte is chinese lg is south korean sony is japanese oppo is chinese um who, lenovo. lenovo is chinese and vivo vivo is chinese so wait what is american which give me give me a couple of american brands then Made in America, baby. Made in America? Well, there used to be American brands. So, not, so like yeah. Motorola was American. They're now owned by TCL, which didn't, is Chinese. Then Microsoft used to make phones or something like that? Yeah, used they to. Do, right? They're bought out by... No, they, they do. Nokia. Mm-hmm. Nokia. Nokia is... Nokia was Finnish. Mm-hmm. They're from Finland, right? And Microsoft bought out the mobile division in Nokia. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, there, there's American brands is like Blue. And Caterpillar and Plum, those are American brand phones. 
Okay. Right. Blue blues like that phone you get like if you're in New York for a week and it <laughs> and yeah, it, people listen with blue phones sorry. though. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> and at that point I still would I'll edit that out. We even we even we even had we even had a Canadian brand. Blackberry. Hmm. Blackberry Ooh. was Canadian. Well say you when I recommended Blackberry, let's not yeah, let's not talk about Rim. it. <laughs> they, they, they they were Canadian, they're now owned by TCL Chinese. Wow. You know what the biggest the, always makes me laugh? People would be like, no, 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 I don't, I don't want that ZTE or that, that Xiaomi. I don't like that Chinese brand. Yeah. And it's like, okay, well, what do you like? Give me, give me a Samsung. <laughs> so where are they from? That is American. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Wow. <laughs> Again, one of the, one of the big things I'd like to do is, is break down those, those myths. Right. So people actually understand. But you're saying, you're, you're about to say why it is we're closer to the Asian market. Right. So we're closer to the Asian market because just like every point you just made about, America and us spending money on the devices, right? Yeah. When you are buying Xiaomi devices, you're getting and OnePlus devices, you're getting devices, high-end devices, at a quarter and half of the price that you would pay for a Samsung device. And then when you look at um, when you look at the numbers, Samsung does the best in markets where they have subsidy. But then when when you look at markets where Samsung where where there is no carrier support. So that people cannot sign a contract and get the phone. Apple and Samsung don't do good. Right. But all the other brands do amazing because now you could walk in and buy a Huawei product. You could buy an Honor product. You could buy a Xiaomi product. High-end devices mm. for half the money. And it's, right. and then those guys change around their phones so often because it's nothing for them to go and spend 200 US on a phone, whatever the case is. And right. next year, 200 US again and update and upgrade your phone. And now good phones have become cheap and cheap phones have become good. Hmm. Right. So for us in the Caribbean, rather than you kill yourself, because I seen the iPhone 10 for 16,500 TTD. Ooh-hoo. I won't even name the store, but everybody knows who I'm talking to. As a matter of fact, Kivo was on here. Kivo did a whole video on us. <laughs> 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 Shout out to Kivo. <laughs> I, in the words, in the words of the great Kivo, Kivo said the iPhone 10, 16,500. That's a B13. <laughs> <laughs> That's crazy. <laughs> Apple gets a bly because there's their ecosystem. You don't have no choice, right? But in terms of Android, the biggest pro that Samsung and, and Huawei have is they actually have representation in the Caribbean. So like for local support, you can go to an Apple, I mean, a Samsung authorized dealer, Huawei authorized dealer and get local support. Once your device is a Latin American device, which is big because a lot of people still order the devices. So they get the AT&T version of their phone and then they, they unlock it and then they go into a Samsung authorized retailer and they realize, wait a minute, I don't have no warranty. No, it's only for Latin American. That's, that's a big thing that they don't know. They don't know. So for me, what I tell my people, like when they buy from me, like I will send my phones back to my suppliers for repairs, whatever the case is, and I'll give them a loaner phone to use. Because the alter, I mean, we're in, the, we're in Trinidad. You have to work with, with, with what you have. Am I going to limit myself to Samsung when my device that I need for my needs is something completely else? And there's options for me to get service. It's just that the customer has to know about it rather than you just buy the phone. You don't get no, no support or whatever the case is and you're stuck if there's a problem, whatever. But do people even repair phones anymore? Though? I feel like people just, you know, phones, something goes wrong. There's too much to think about to get it fixed. So they yeah. just dump it and it, get it, something. It, it depends. It depends. It depends. It depends on how much you spend. 
Drunk. If you're in 16,500, yeah, yeah, yeah. listen here. Sit down by the mechanic. Mechanic is You know, it's for it's funny you say that because I had a situation with a customer. She went into a particular telecoms carrier store. She was asking, like, you know, why doesn't my phone have good reception when I'm in an area or whatever? And the rep, and I quote, I want to read the message to you, but I won't. The rep said, well, you know, the bushings on the phone. I said, Wait, I'm bushing. Don't do that. Don't do that. She probably misheard. She probably misheard what she was saying. The girl said the bushings in the phone. Wow. I said, wait. Fast phones, fast yeah. phones cost so much now. They, they mix up the phone. I'm looking at my OnePlus looking for somebody bushings. Does the OnePlus 6 have bushings? But you know what? It's a point on that, right? You said earlier that your first experience you had, with, one of your first experiences you had with a local uh, retailer, yeah. the lack of knowledge that the, the, the CSRs and they had, right? Yeah. Don't you see that as a market opportunity for Droid Island in terms of maybe providing trainings, you know, in-depth training sessions and stuff for the sales staff of these companies or the front-end staff of these companies? Like, you, is that something you'd consider in the future? That's in the cards. Yeah? Yeah, it's in the cards. That's what's up. It's like, you know what, man? Like I said, like when I started out 2016, I literally just wanted to be the best. Like I wanted to have like a boutique retail store. I wanted you to come here, get devices that nobody else was selling, get the expertise and the knowledge that nobody else was giving and draw it out and just be this amazing experience in the store. And that has evolved to be bigger than just a store that could handle, you know? And, you know, I've been asked by companies if that is something that I would get into, whatever the case is. And I feel like almost every month there's like a new opportunity coming out because at this point, you know, I mean, I've been doing so much. People, it's just hitting home in a variety of different industries and people are realizing just how far they are behind in what they're teaching. And if you're, if your reps are talking about bushings and phones, crazy. We, we we need help <laughs> we need help now but that's that's in the car that is something i would do yeah. it's something i've been asked and i'm gonna work towards it and hopefully everything works out and any competition though any anybody else locally or regionally that doing similar stuff to what you're doing in terms of the market space here and the, the way you're approaching it and all that or not or you're just Ooh. totally first and only to market i think the the other biggest tech blogger would be my partner in crime devon x god and it's funny because like Devon has like ten times the following than me. Like Devon has like over twenty thousand followers across his platforms, right? The only thing is that he's so heavily focused on like the customer side. Devon will see something and just talk about it, right? Me, I still kind of have a, a plan for my content. Like I'll create content, like I say that that will invoke the CEOs to get a response or whatever the case is. And because of what I've done on LinkedIn and the content that I've crafted. The CEOs and whatever know my know me or whatever the case is, and they'll be the ones to be like, hey, you know, we need to work with this guy or whatever the case is. I mean, the customers, the stuff I put on on Facebook or whatever else. I mean, that's to get sales and that's to educate the people, or whatever the case is. But that's not where the real money is. The real money is with the collaborations with the bigger brands, whatever the case is. But you have to be, you have to invoke that, and you have to build that on a platform where they are. And if you're not on the platform where the executives are, then you're just gonna be. You know, people might like your stuff, might share your stuff, but it is what it is. You're spinning around. Yeah. Another question I had, I guess, for the persons who probably starting off and all that, right? Mm-hmm. And they're looking at you as, as, as you know, brand and, and, and the knowledge you have and all that. Mm-hmm. Now, you, you run the business in terms of the logistics, the finance, whatever. I'm assuming you do most of that stuff. Mm-hmm. You spend a lot of time blogging as well and 
posting the social media, content generating. Yeah. But you also seem to be on top of every single phone and every single new tech, you know, Facebook algorithms change, etc. <laughs> so is there a method to the madness in terms of how you keep on top of the stuff while keeping on top of your blogging, while keeping on top of your, uh, you know, your, your actual business and making money and negotiating with clients and all that? Like, it just seems like a lot to even fit into one life. <laughs> you know <what> I mean? <laughs> so how, how you manage that process, though? Um, first things first, passion. If you don't like what you're doing, you're yeah. just, it's not going to work. Like, you got to leave with passion. I will read blogs, I'll watch blogs, whatever the case is, because I like what I do and I like helping. And this is my way of helping and serving the greater good for right. our people, right? I found my niche. I love what I do. That's the first things first. You have to really love what you do because, I mean, the amount of hours I sit down and will watch and you know think about what I want to do, whatever the case is, you, you have to love it. Otherwise, you, you're either just not going to, like what like the times when you're tired and the times when you don't want to do it, if you don't love it, then you're just going to be like, nah, forget it. Like, I'll do something else, whatever the case is. So that's the one thing. Um, I have applications that feed me a lot of news, whatever the case is that I can always flick through. And I make a conscious effort to always, like every single day, spend an hour, two hours, you know, looking to see what's happening, whatever the case is, when there's new product launches or whatever, marking on the date. So I'll watch all the webinars, whatever the case is. And then when it comes to pretty much everything else, I just have zero fear. And I've learned that you don't need anybody's permission to really do anything. So when I see something, I just try it. I do it. When I did my first book, Android Aftercare, it wasn't like a plan. I literally woke up a day and I was like, you know what? I remember listening to what Gary Vee said in one of his talks. And Gary Vee was like, uh, if you've watched all of his blogs, then don't read the book. Because the book is a collection of all of the, the content that he's put out. But the book is one central place to get all of his right. philosophies, whatever. And I realized, I'm like, yo, I want to learn how to put out a book. I want to learn how to self-publish. So I had a list of you know things I wanted to put in. I literally pulled a lot of the content, like at least 80% of the content was stuff I've done over a length of time. So I pulled it from here. I added stuff and changed around stuff, whatever the case is. My thing was, it wasn't so much about the book. I just wanted to learn how to do it. And once I went through the process of learning how to do it, now, like my boy Devon, Devon just released his thing, whatever. When Devon seen what I did, Devon was like, yo, you're making me feel like I want to write this book about YouTube, right? And he just put out his book yesterday about YouTube in the Caribbean. And that was because he seen what I was doing, whatever the case is. So I, because I went through the process, yeah. I was able to say, yo, you need to do X, Y, and Z, you know, go to Canva, you know, use this tool to create it in, you know, to create it in, in a Kindle version or whatever the case is. But I learned that knowledge just from doing it. And that's where the learning is. So that for me, stuff like that is really just about trying things and having no fear to try things. I did um, an Alexa skill, right? Now, if, if people don't know what Alexa skill is. Google Alexa? Not Google Alexa. Google is Google Assistant. Alexa is Amazon's Amazon, smart assistant, right? right? Yeah. Um, literally, the last chapter in Gary Vee's book, Crushing It, talks about Alexa skills as like the new wave of where everyone's attention is going to be because right now we're using voice assistance for everything hey google tell me about the weather or hey alexa who's the prime minister of whatever right and a lot of that information is programmed in by everyday people so when he talked about alexa skills i remember reading that chapter at four o'clock in the morning after i was done i was like i'm gonna do an alexa skill and i jumped up i made a cup of tea jumped on the computer and i went learning how to do an alexa skill and just doing it and putting it out there whatever the case is 
And now when people see the videos and, and now they can actually say, hey, Alexa, open Droid Island. And all of a sudden, Alexa's giving you Droid Island tips. Everyone's like, how did you even do this? Right. And so like, I have no fear in experimenting and putting things out there. And for me, a lot of the times it's not so much for the people, essentially. It's for me to learn right. so that the next time I do it, I know I have the basics down and I'm going to expand on it. But you just got to be everywhere. You got to be everywhere where the attention is, as, uh, as Gary V likes to say. Gotcha. All right. So we're going to talk about what's next for Droid Island in a little bit. But first, I just want to go back to what do you see for the future in Caribbean mobile? You had an article in where you specified you want to see more, more mobile content. You want to see mobile payments. You want to see stronger LTE or even actual LTE. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So yeah. I know you, you made those statements earlier this year at the end of last year. So yeah. two questions. Where do you see us from then to now? And now going forward, I think moving forward, like we need to have people understand that we really need mobile experts because there's so much happening in the world of mobile. So you want competition? Yeah, I, there's there is no competition. I mean, I'm I'm in competition with myself, but at the end of the day, like I could appreciate if you look at like uh, like all the tech YouTubers, they all hang out together, they all have an opinion, and everybody understands that. Your following is, they like the way you bring across information. How people follow you, they like the way you bring across information. Nobody's competition for me. Like, it's not like you have to follow me and not follow somebody else, right? Devon is a, is a tech YouTuber and I will share all of his stuff, right? I love that people follow him, whatever the case is. And I love when we collab because then the audience that I would never get because they follow him now knows who I am because I'm always featured on, on a lot of his stuff or whatever, right? So, if more people were to, you know, become mobile experts and create content to put things out, because in doing this, there's a lot of people that follow me and I'm like, yo, I'm amazed at how much knowledge they know. And I'm like, yo, I, I would, I could do stuff with you. Like I could, I, you know, and if they were to do that and put more content and would foster the community, more people would be exposed to a lot of the information that they need to know, to learn about these devices, to maybe even ask a question, maybe Google something so that they could learn how their business can. Because really, right, if you wanted to start a podcast, you know, a lot of people think that you need all these things to start a podcast. They don't even realize that you just need a phone and a microphone and you could start something, right? right. And you could just put something out there. When I tell people about like we pay, they don't even realize, you know, that what we pay is and what can be done. So more mobile experts to help bring the Caribbean region to where they needs to be. I would love for the companies like Be Mobile and Digital to invest in learning centers, to invest in workshops because they have to lead from the front. When you go on their platforms, you just think that Be Mobile and, and Digital are these are these media companies. Like they just they just show sports, right? People forget that these guys are technology companies. These guys are telecommunications companies. They're not TV companies. You know what I mean? That, that is not what they've made their bread and butter on. So they need to do more to actually foster development with people getting acclimated to the technology. Because when you tell somebody, hey, you know, the iPhone 10 is 16,500, people would like to know, why is it 16,500? Like, if you, can, if you can give me enough value to justify the price... Hey, that's, a, that's a hard sell. But. People are buying it, man. People are buying people it. People are buying it, right? But the people that are buying it have done their due diligence to know enough about it to spend that money. You think so? I think it's just... At 16500 I hope. <laughs> <laughs> due diligence that, you know, more gills. 
more pips. <laughs> more pips. <laughs> more pips. <laughs> <laughs> just let it back. I can't like, I could afford it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, no, no, you, you know, yeah, you're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. But there, there's still a lot of people that do their due diligence yeah. to know a decent amount, even if it's to ask me a question or whatever the case is, or get into a conversation about their buying options, whether they purchase from me or not. I'm seeing more people reaching out and asking whatever. And this is why I created my mobile survey so I can just send people a link that has the questions that I need to know mm. and then I get those answers and then I can make my recommendations and we can go from there. So if we can get companies like I say, the B-Mobile, the Digicels to start investing more in that and then they'll start to see uh, ROI, you know, because now the more people learn about the devices is the more likely they're going to spend with you and not just order online, but you'll have them at some point in, in your ecosystem. Those those are the main things that I really want to see. Okay. So what's next, man? You and I were talking on WhatsApp a lot this week. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Told me you had um, two new ideas you wanted to talk about. You had the content factory. You got the Shutterbug movement that you're really yeah. excited about. Yeah. Tell us. Content factory. It's a mindset. First and foremost, it's a mindset. When I wake up, I look at myself in the mirror and I say, you have to be a content factory today. So you have to churn out content. And content factory is going to be a resource center for solopreneurs, entrepreneurs, bloggers, small to medium businesses um, that are going to be able to go and get stock photography, like ethnic stock photography, because we have a lack of representation in the market. So we need that. And then also I have a core group of guys that I'm going to be working with that are going to be teaching people how to get better photography or videography, whether it be from a smartphone or DSLR for their own purposes, whether it be social media or whether it be for their blog posts and whatnot. And then also we are going to be providing product photography. So people that have products that need it for their blog or their social media, they're going to be able to come to us, get some high quality shots of their stuff done. And that way they can have a high turnaround time and go post it back up and gain their traction. Because as we know, social media is all about the visuals. So I want to tackle for me. I know that when I'm blogging, trying to find a black man holding a phone on a beach with a stag, I'm not going to find it. So I got to go create it. I think I'll say you said you're trying to do a selfie the other day, but you didn't feel right. <laughs> that's why we need content factory. <laughs> right. You know, that, yeah. that, but, that, but that's exactly it for the people that don't want to do it themselves, but right. they want, they want to go in. And it's only when you start doing this and you start blogging, you start needing, you start needing the visuals and you realize, wait a minute, there's nobody that looks like me that I can use. You spoke to solopreneurs and entrepreneurs and small, but I feel like a huge market is the actual mainstream corporate, though. I feel like that's, they're going to be probably a bigger percentage of your business. Off that, the back. that, the target, like, because it's starting out, you have to have a target audience, right? Okay. I'm not targeting the big corporations. Right. If they come, when they come, cool. And I'll have those things in place for them, right? But to start off, like, who I'm pitching it to, who I'm trying to show, like, hey, this is what you need, is the people that are in the same space as me because I know I know the challenges that we have right now. Right. If I want high-quality visuals of myself for my blog or a product or whatever the case is, am I going to go and call a photographer? And, 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 and I already know the answer. They're going to tell me it's going to be 3000 and up. That's not feasible for right. a social media post. <laughs> that's, that's what it comes down to, right? Hmm. It's not feasible. So... Because there is that humongous gap in the market and it's a growing need because right now e-commerce is the way to go. Like really and truly, there shouldn't be anybody saying they don't have a job when we have a computer and we have internet and there's e-commerce available and you could build a brand and you don't even have to sell in Trinidad. Like you could build a brand and you could be selling in 
Paraguay for all I care, right? Mm. But what is going to attract people is is the visuals. And people want, they want the stock photography, but they also want to learn how to do it themselves and get a mix of both, right? So I want to tackle those two things. And then Shutterbug, this is something I wanted to do from so long ago where first question I get, you know, when people want to buy a phone is, hey, how's the camera, you know? And I realized after I was working with Samsung to do the S9 video that we did, I decided to take a different approach rather than just do a straight up review and bore people to death and add to the collection of millions of S9 reviews in the market. I decided, you know what, I'm going to do things a little bit different. I'm going to kind of chop it up. So I'm going to kind of focus on the photography side, the videography side, and like my favorite features, right? So when we did the photography video, I brought alongside a few photographers. So Josh Brisman, JB Superman on Instagram, Three Keysman, Three Keysman on Instagram, Edward Charles, Edward Charles 868 on Instagram, and then Devon X Scott, right? So I brought these guys along. And we went out to do you guys know where the where the skate park is? The skateboard park is and on in, in Shagaramas? No, didn't even know we had one. Yeah, yeah. I didn't know we. I didn't I know we had one in Toronto. You know? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know. I didn't know we had one either. We have one, right? We have a skate park, mm-hmm. whatever the case is, right? So when we went, and these guys, the photographers, the professionals, they know about different spots that we could hit, right? So like, let's start off in the skateboard park. Then we went Bamboo Cathedral. Then we went to Macrip, right? Now, when we went to the skateboard park, and I had the phone first, and I'm taking some pictures. Oh my God, I guess the S9 camera is really good. These are some good shots, and then they got the camera and they turned on pro mode. And when these guys started to go into everything and making the adjustments, I'm like, are we using the same camera? Hmm. Like it was, you knew what I took. (laughs) You knew what I was taking. But then when these guys, when these guys got a hold of it, it was a whole different ballgame. And then in conversations with them, whatever the case is, it comes down to you have uh, like, I think it was Tariq. Tariq was like, the best camera is the one you have on you right? If you have a DSLR that costs however much, if it's at home, but you're out on the road right now, it's no good to you, right? So you have to know how to use your camera. And most people always have the smartphone on them. So I had wanted to do a smartphone photography class from a long time ago, because I know that's one of the biggest things people are looking for in a phone, right? And the question always is, you know, what's the best camera? But it's not always about what's the best camera on a phone. It's do you even know how to take a picture? Right, and I realized firsthand I don't know how to take a picture. No, me neither. I get teased about this all the time. <laughs> so, so what you're saying is that all those features that always pop up that I just try to get rid of so I can take the, the standard <laughs> shot. You see, those features actually have a, a, a role to play in the quality of the picture. That yes, I take. a massive, a massive role. So a massive role. But then I feel like every phone would have a different set of features or whatever. So is it that? You're just going to give a tutorial on on what the features mean so you can kind of figure it out. How are you going to work that? Yes. So it's kind of like race car driving and driving, you know, fast car, driving a car that that can't push past 200 miles an hour, right? At the end of the day, you still have to know how to drive. Yeah. Right? Gotcha. Okay. So when we're doing it, I wanted to have this photography class teaching people about smartphone photography. So I was asking the guys at the shoot, and I'm like, yo, tell me about photo walks because I'm not a photographer. I'm like, you know, tell me about photo walks. How do photo walks work down here? And they're like, well, you know, usually like five to 10 people come out, like, you know, hardcore uh, photographers and they go on these walks and they shoot whatever they want. I'm like, okay. I'm like, I want to do that, but I want to do smartphone photography and I want you guys to be the, the experts with me on it. So they're like, okay, that sounds cool and whatnot. Yeah, you know, you know, if we'll probably get like 10 people to come out and, that, and that'll be good. So... 
if we shot the video on a Sunday, the Tuesday I asked him about it, the Wednesday I put it up on Facebook, Shutterbug Walk, for the following Sunday. When we got there, we were expecting, you know, like I said, 10, 15 people max. At least I was, because they told me, you know, photo walks, you know, people, you know, it's only really hardcore photographers come up for that kind of stuff. But my focus was on smartphone photography. If you had a DSLR, great, but the focus on smartphone photography. We had almost almost 100 people come out. Hmm. When that happened, I was like, "Yeah, we're doing something. Yeah. Like this is, and it turned into a movement because after that, we opened up the group in a couple of weeks, that group has grown over to over 300 people. And I didn't even know that we had so many photographers in Trinidad. Y'all plan to teach on that walk or y'all just plan to have them come and do? We teach. So we literally, so our guys are the ones that will, will stop and I'll let these guys, you know, give tips or whatever the case is, right? But because it's fostered a lot of uh, other photographers who whether whether they're amateur or professional and they're coming and everybody's collectively sharing it's created this community for everybody. And the number one comment we got at the end of the walk, and I, I was so amazed by this, was they're like, we thank you so much for putting together something where everybody's sharing. Because usually, especially in photography in Trinidad, nobody wants to share any information. Nobody wants to share their secrets because everybody's thinking about who's going to take away business for them. And if, and if you get big or, you know, if they, if they help you and you get bigger than them, there's this fear about sharing knowledge. And with me and Droid Island, I'm the complete opposite. I want to share as much information and build a community. And then everybody's going to come, whatever the case is. There's big enough room. There's enough room for everybody to eat, for everybody to do the thing. The people that are dedicated and are consistent and are providing value, those are the ones that are always going to win. Right. So if you have that mentality that I don't want to share information because I don't want to make you better, you're not going to win. This is 2018. You're not going to win. So that was like the biggest compliment at the walk. And we heard it from a few people. And Shutterbug is always going to be free. It is always going to be a community of amateur professional photographers. Our guys will lead the charge. We'll stop. We'll give tips, whatever the case is. But it's just about building a community and everybody growing together. Wow. So, Karan, it seems like you've had a lot of aha moments throughout your your brand building. And, and I know you've only recently started, I mean, a couple of years, a yeah. couple of years now. You know, you had that time when you got sponsorship from Huawei, then you had, you were approached by Samsung, B-Mobile and Digicel. Yeah. You just mentioned expecting 10 or 15 people yeah. for your Shutterbug movement, when you're just launching it, when you're just starting it, you got over 100 people. Yeah. The aha moment is really interesting. Well, Karen, so you may own Droid Island, but no man is an island, right? <laughs> and you could blame comedian um, Kivo from episode 17 if you all don't like that joke. <laughs> what sort of help and support do you get with the business and content creation and your contract negotiation with the telecom providers and, and your manufacturer deals and so on? First things first, uh, you got to show up. And when you show up and you're consistent and you're putting out a positive image and you're leading with value, the universe has a way of putting the right people around you. And I've realized that more and more every single day because it first started off with, you know, working with Nadine. And then I knew uh, the Huawei marketing manager for a little while and then it full circle came back. And then I ended up working with him, whatever the case is, on the Huawei deal. I had actually approached, <laughs> I actually approached Devon last summer before I actually started uh, 
the store, right? And I was like, yo, you know, I know you're doing your thing. You have a good following, whatever the case is. I like your work. Your quality is great. And I had approached two other people that were in the tech space that were blogging as well. And I brought these guys together. I was like, yo, we should really like start working together and pushing each other, whatever. And it never really worked out because the other two guys weren't really there with us. And then Devon was more like, you know, um, well, these other guys ain't really saying much. And, and he just kind of just slacked off. It wasn't until um, I called him again. I was like, with the Huawei stuff, because they wanted to get uh, another videographer. And I didn't really like the guy's work. So I was like, yo, I know a guy. And I called him up. And I was like, yo, Huawei, me, what are you saying? He's like, I'm for it. And then from there, we just became cool. So that's helped me. Because now the visual stuff started to escalate or whatever the case is. And then all of a sudden, you know, I, I started doing some work with, you know, the new photographers that I'm with. And I, I met those guys through Devon. And then um, people underestimate the value of reading. And I mean, I, I, for what I'm doing in my, in my field, there's not many people doing that. And there's not many people that could really, you know, draw on inspiration from whatever the case is. But in reading and finding a Gary V and finding a Richard Branson and finding a Damon John and reading a lot of these guys' books, these guys have been my mentors from afar and they've fostered and they've just put a lot of ideas in my head or whatever the case is. When you're a creative, the easiest part is being creative. The hardest part is learning how to turn your creativity into a business. So I'm at that phase now where now I'm trying to learn a lot more of the business side or whatever the case is. So yeah, like, just being myself and putting myself out there, I've started to realize that just a lot more people have started to come into my place at the right time. And I have to keep an eye out for people, but I also have to do a lot of self-reflection and figuring out where I'm weak and who I need to help me get to the next level. I don't know how many people realize like how important that is to constantly self-reflect and constantly really look at, yo, where am I weak? A lot of people just want to do everything. And then something at some point you fall off, whatever. So I'm learning that about myself. And in doing that, I'm now starting to learn, okay, you know what? The business side, like I'm weak there. I'm a good creative and I love to work. I love to put things out. And that's gotten me so far. But now I'm buckling down and realizing, okay, this is where I'm weak. And now, now I'm looking at to see who I can get to help me get to the next level. But just on that point though, like, um, have you encountered any issues dealing with corporate with your appearance or your dress code or your beard or anything. I mean, I mean, I, mean, I know like, you know, the, you thinking uh, for most people is that yeah. if I have to deal with these big guys, I have to look a certain way and yeah. act a certain way. So I'm glad have you, you brought that up. Yeah. Have you had any challenges? I'm glad with? you brought that up. I'll say this. When you build your personal brand, you don't have to fit into any box. Yeah. You don't have to fit in no box. You don't have to fit into a job description. Hmm. You don't have to fit into a look. You're getting paid to be yourself. And that is a power that I wish everybody can feel at some point in time. I am the biggest clown behind the scenes and people are paying me to be me. <laughs> it's madness. <laughs> How would you advise other creators out there though who might feel trapped in a corporate prison to go ahead and get started with their own endeavors and be themselves just like you and be, yeah. and be free? Rule number one, you need no permission. Like, no one's stopping you from doing whatever you want to do, right? Even if you feel like, you know, there's a there's a conflict of interest with what you're doing is competing with your brand. At the end of the day, you have, you have a choice. Like, you don't have to be there, right? You can save up and you can start doing things on your own. But I think to start, 
if you're in corporate and you're making money, you're in a very good position because you can make money and you can build that hustle on the side on, and you have to. Like Gary Vee says, you better be working 18 hours a day for the first year or two years and eat like crap. And he, you also, know? he also always emphasizes, hey, if you work in a job, no problem. Yeah. 7 p.m. to 2 a.m. That's your time. That's, That's your time. You know, I follow a guy called Joe Duncan and his Instagram handle is before 5 a.m. And his handle is, is like that because he's like, that's when the magic happens. That's when the greats are either going to bed or they're waking up hmm. right before 5 a.m. So if you are not putting in work on your own personal brand after your daytime job, then you're doing yourself a disservice. We are in an economy globally, not just in Trinidad, where you're either an owner or you're a temporary worker, Right. There is no such thing as security anymore. Just because you have a permanent job, just because you have a contract, there is no such thing as permanent. Because guess what? If a company goes belly up, <laughs> bye-bye, you're gone. Yeah. And that's that, right? So you need to start putting money towards building that brand. You do not need permission to start building that brand. And when you build your brand, it's either going to supplement your income or it's going to put you as a thought leader in your field to get a better job because some people might not even want to go and, and be self-employed. Some people might want to still work for somebody, but if you are creating content and you're putting yourself, so if you're a banker, if you're a teller and you want to be a branch manager, start blogging about finance, start blogging about the industry, start talking about it, shake things up, get on LinkedIn, start connecting with people that are in the field that are in higher positions because there's a lot of CEOs. The CEOs are on LinkedIn. And they're, they're liking your stuff they're, or they're adding you as friends. They're like ghost followers. Yeah, 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 yeah. They'll know who you are. They'll know who you are, right? And when you apply for a position and you have to go sit with them in an interview, you might hmm. not even get an interview. They might contact you. Personally. They'll contact you personally and be like, hey, you know what? Why don't you come in? Let's, let's go for a coffee. Go for a coffee. <laughs> Wait, that doesn't that doesn't happen. That's powerful stuff, though, because I mean, if you talk about the impact of your 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 experience, your blogging mm-hmm. and that, and people seeing you and 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 you know recognizing you and appreciating the work you do, mm-hmm. it is transferable to the corporate world as well, right? Of course, in terms of people, just regular Joe employees developing a skill, talking about it, of building course. a brand around it. And then, you know, be recognized for it. And, and I, I, I can imagine, that's, that's actually good advice. Yeah, so I think it, that's something that should be spread like, more Okay, often. like, okay, here's, here's a perfect example, right? I was a supervisor for Digicel for about right. six months before I quit. Jumped 100% to Droid Island, right? I was working at Digicel while blogging with Droid Island. They knew who I was at that particular point in time. They could have came to me at, at, they could have came and they could have been like, you know what? Hey, we see you doing one, we see you doing things, whatever the case is. Maybe, uh, we, we, we put you in the marketing team and you work with the marketing team and you create content. We'll offer you a nice little salary, whatever the case is. And I might have said yes. But then I started smelling myself. <laughs> you know, I went out, I went out there in the, I went out there in the wild and I built my own brand. And guess what? Whenever anybody calls now, you can't offer me a job. You're not gonna. You're not trying to pay me small money. Now you're gonna pay me, right? And it's not. It's not even. That's not even a cocky thing. That's just what it is, yeah. right? When you've built your personal brand, you th- you think a company's gonna come to come to a Marshall Montana and be like, hey, you know what? You're making good music. Um, you look you look good in red. Uh, you know, we, we want to hire you. <laughs> we we, we want to hire you. No, you're gonna collab, and you're gonna pay him 
you know, his money. So that only happens when you build a personal brand. So whether you're deciding to be self-employed or whether you just want a better position either within the company or another company, build your personal brand and you will get there. And resumes are dying if they're not already dead. Right now, your resume is your living LinkedIn is a perfect example. It's your li- it's 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 you, the content you're putting out there. Your body of work. Your body of work. That hmm. is your resume. So when people see your body of work and they see all the things that you've done, they know that you're not somebody that just went to school and read some books and cheated or did not cheat on the test and you got a degree. You're a practitioner, right? And when you are actually practicing the knowledge that you've acquired, that's the only way you actually know what you're talking about you have to practice it and that is your resume now so put out your body of work let people see it for better or worse and if you're putting things out there people are going to critique people are going to agree they're going to disagree but they're going to have their points you're going to have your points and maybe they learn something maybe you learn something and that's that's all good people throw only phrase build your brand all the time right yeah but one can you build your brand without social media two based on let's say introvert type personalities do you think that using social media is a viable option? I mean, two questions, but what do you think? About no, this? you're that's that's a very good question because uh, you need social media, but how you go about doing things is is different. If you're an introvert and you don't want to be putting your face out there, um, number one, you need to find a medium that's comfortable, right? Kevin could be doing this. Kevin could have a video camera right now, <laughs> right? I do, but I don't know how to use it properly. <laughs> <laughs> right? There's a reason. There's a reason Kevin said, I'm going to do a podcast, podcast right? right? There's a reason I started off and I'm like, I'm going to do written blogs, right? And then I eventually moved over to videos and I do a combination of both, right? You have to figure out what you're comfortable with. Oh God, we keep referencing Gary Vee, but that's the godfather of, of all of this, right? Yeah, yeah, but one of the things that he says is that you need to know your medium. So there's three mediums. There's either audio, there's video, and there's written, right? If you have a crap personality or you have no personality, whatever the case is, and you know you suck on video, don't do video because you're going to suck and you're going to be known as the guy that does suck, <laughs> that does sucky work on, on, on thing, right? But you might be witty and have a way with words and get away with a written blog and you know how to show personality through written blogs and you might have the you might have a boss blog so blog or you might either be too shy for camera or you might not have the cadence for video but you could jump on audio and you could just talk you know i'll reference kivo again like the fact that he just sits in his car turns on the phone and records whatever the case is it works he has found a medium that works there's no flashy editing there's none of that. So when people are talking about, you know, I don't want to do video because nah, the quality, I don't know how to do this. You have a man that I remember like just probably like two, three months ago, he had like like three, 4,000 followers of that. And then I remember the next time I checked, I actually checked his page and not just seeing him show up in my feed. All of a sudden there's over 20 something thousand followers, whatever the case is. It's like, God damn, you know, and it's all because like he just turned on the camera. There was no permission. He just, he found a medium that works for him. And it's picked up. For me, I know my medium. I like to write. I get creative because I can put my thoughts in a place. 
video. I'm still getting comfortable with, with jumping on video and putting myself out there. But I like to do it because it's a challenge for me because I was the guy, like I said, I like to be in the back. I don't want to be in no spotlight. So it's a challenge for me to kind of get out there and, and put myself out there. So when you find your medium as an introvert, just go hard. And there's no, there's no right or wrong answer, right? There's only testing. You just have to put yourself out there, commit to a platform and make it work. And once you do that, you're going to get a tribe. Somebody is going to like your stuff that's going to like your stuff. And before you know it, even if you have 100 people, be the best version of you to that 100 people and it'll grow, right? So, yeah. All right, guys. We're approaching two hours here. Karan, where can we find you? DroidIslandTT.com. That's the home of all things Caribbean mobile. You can find me on Instagram, DroidIslandTT. Um, you could check out Karan Rose on Instagram. I play the ass on that platform. Facebook, Droid Island TT as well. And LinkedIn. That's Karan McLeish. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> anything we haven't covered? If it, is there anything that we haven't possibly covered <laughs> that you want to leave us with? I think, I think we hit all the right topics, but I, I will say this, you know, um, being in the Caribbean, being amongst people that look like me is so important. It's so powerful to just be able to come out here and be yourself and build a brand around being yourself. And anybody can do it. You don't need nobody's permission. You don't need, there's no barrier to entry anymore. Anybody can get a platform. Even if you don't have a website, you can get a podcast. Like there's no barrier to entry. So whether you're thinking about starting something you're not too sure. You don't know if people are going to like it. You don't know if people are going to follow it. Every bun have its cheese, as the old people let say. And once you put yourself out there, there will be people that like what it is that you do and what you're saying and how you bring it across. Regardless of whether somebody else is already doing it, how that person might be doing it, people are going to like it. But how you're doing it is how somebody else is going to like it so don't be afraid just jump out and do it and try anything man what's the worst that could happen you stay stuck in a job and till you die nah <laughs> yeah, just like you say every bun has his cheese when you said that you know you have the Jamaican in the corner there Mr. Irvin Davis <laughs> he looks up like what bun and cheese that's <laughs> so what the man I say <laughs> bun and cheese I say but I broke it but I broke it man <laughs> alright podcast will we spoke mobile, we spoke the future, we spoke delivering value. Manage your IP content, build your brand, don't ask for permission. Podcast World, Eco Studios, oh. we are out. Thanks, Karan. We'll see. Wait, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs>